In this episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason, I get to catch up with Wes Mundy. He's just in from a successful uh, set of Audad hunts in uh, West Texas, and he's getting ready to head out to do some exotic hunts with some clients. Wes is an outfitter here in Texas, and uh, these are good stories just to listen to see how somebody runs their business and, and how they do this. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week, I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas, to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond. I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream, as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. Welcome to another episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. I'm real excited today. We've got uh, Wes Mundy on. Wes is out of the South Texas area here, out of the San Antonio area, and he owns an outfitting business called Double Diamond Outfitters that you can find him on both Facebook as well as his website. Uh, and let's do this. Hey, Wes, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for calling. Oh, it's my pleasure. So I've been watching your hunts that you've been broadcasting on, on Facebook for a number of years now. Tell me a little bit about Double Diamond Outfitters. What what exactly do you have going on there? Oh uh, well, I'm the owner and operator of Double Diamond Outfitters. I uh, I mainly operate in in Texas. Uh, you know the the hill country, South Texas. Um, you know, and also the Trans Pecos region. Um, you know, I'm. Being an owner operator, I do everything that there is. Every Facebook post, every every letter and word on my website, and all of my hunts. I mean, I'm on all of my hunts. Uh, guide, cook, trash man, entertainment, if there is any. Uh, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I I, I pretty well do it all. Um, I've been in business for. Uh, it's either 11 or 12 years now, I think going on 12. Um, and, you know, I just started my business because I went on some hunts where I was promised things and, and they didn't deliver on the promises that they made me. And uh, after having spent the first portion of my life in construction, I when I was 28 going on 68, I knew something had to change. So... Um, I was coming back from an elk hunt and the closer I got to home, the worse I felt about going back to work on Monday and, uh, the rest, as they say, is kind of history. I mean, I, I was, I was a little bit naive to think that, that most of my competition is going to do it the way that I'm doing it, where, uh, you know, I started from basically zero and and when i say that i'm not knocking anybody but there's a lot of people in this business that that have you know either trust funds or uh you know their dad was in the business their grandfather was in the business or um you know whatever it is they they don't necessarily have to do it to sustain their livelihood like i do and and i'm not faulting anyone uh, I'm just saying I was naive when I started and thinking that so many people, everybody else was doing it exactly the way I'm doing it. And that's 
that's become clearly evident over the years that that's not really the case. There's a lot of people that are that are doing it just to say that they have a job or collect a trust check or grandfather or father sold a company for tens or hundreds of millions and and they're in this business just because they need something to do and uh you know i'm i'm not saying i'm better or worse or anything like that just different i mean this is this is my 100 percent sole livelihood it's it's how i pay all my bills and and uh so for, for the last 11 or 12 years i've poured everything i've got into my business and that's that's just kind of how I've started. Well, that shows based upon what I see for for your hunters, your repeat hunters, the animals you put these hunters on. There's there's nothing to show that anything but a top notch operation. Uh, as we film, well, I, I greatly appreciate that. Yeah, as we as we record this, what it's the second of November, and you've just finished up your Audad season. Uh, out in West Texas, is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh, you know, as as a lot of people know, there's no there's no uh, exotics you can hunt year round in Texas. Uh, in my opinion, and I think anybody that knows much about sheep hunting or sheep hunting in Texas, the the best time to hunt all day, especially in West Texas, is in September and October and and from September 23rd to October 30th, I had uh, 15 Audad hunters, one elk hunter. I killed 16 Audad and one elk. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's been a little bit busy here lately. And those weren't just Audad. Those were monsters. Uh, <laughs> I tell anybody to look you up on Facebook and look at those Audad. They're there isn't one of them in there that wasn't just a bruiser. And for people that aren't familiar with Audad, as Wes said, you can hunt them year round here in Texas. Uh, I took one years ago in uh, January and it was as cold as you could imagine any Northern state. Uh, but, you know, check out the ones that Wes is, is producing with his, with his clients. These are all free range. These aren't off of ranches. Are they Wes? Right. Yeah, I I hunt over three hundred thousand acres of the Trans Pecos region, and uh, it's it's all free range, uh, no high fence. I mean, I've killed two or three over the years. You know, just you know, incidental animals or add-on animals to other hunts in a high fence. But the majority of of what I'm killing is, I mean, ninety-nine point nine percent of the odd death that I killed. Uh, they're all free range and, and it's, and it's a real sheep hunt. And I, I think part of the reason that it's caught on is, is that, you know, unfortunately sheep hunting is, has become fairly inaffordable for most people. I mean, the, the desert bighorn that I hunt, uh, here in Texas and in Mexico, it's, you know, like most other places, they're, they're pretty spendy. They're going to be anywhere from forty five, fifty thousand 50,000 on up. And, and typically they're in the $60,000 range. And, and for most people, myself included, that's a sheep hunt that you'll never be able to afford. Right. Uh, it's unfortunate because I love to sheep hunt, but, um, 
you know, it's all that is a real sheep hunt. I mean, you can't fool yourself. You have to come prepared. You got to know, you got to know the dope on your rifle. You got to be able to hike. You got to be able to, you know, pack into where you're, you're trying to find the sheep or where the sheep are hanging out. And, and as, as most people know, sheep don't always or very rarely do they live down in flat country. Uh, I did get lucky and catch one down in a creek, but it's because there's water down in that creek. Um, you know, so it's, I've killed, oh, as of, as of today, I think I've killed close to 85 or somewhere in that 85 range or had 85 sheep hunters and I've got a hundred percent shot opportunity and my average ram is 30 inches and 10 plus years old. Um, so I've, I've kind of, as the whitetail market has gotten diluted with all the pin deer, I, I've kind of quietly made a name for myself out in West Texas hunting sheep. And, and, uh, I guess from what I, what people are telling me, I, I don't think I'm anybody special, but I love sheep hunting and I, I've got good country and I've just kind of got a knack of getting people on some good sheep and it, and it seems to work out well for everybody. I wouldn't doubt that, that the pictures don't lie. So you also do another something really unique for West Texas that people don't think about, and that's buffalo. And you've got some videos right. of that on YouTube. But tell me a little bit about where the buffalo are. Well, uh, you know, they're out also out in the Trans-Pecos region. Uh, once again, they're free range. Um, you know, they're not recognized by Boone and Crockett because... Boone and Crockett thinks that the Indians were wrong and that there were no buffalo here. Uh, but, you know, SCI still recognizes them. And uh, we've killed some really big bulls out there. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, several years ago, we killed the number 11 in the world free-range buffalo for SCI, uh, just east of Marathon. Um, most people would call it Marathon, but... Out in West Texas, it's Marathon. Um, and, you know, I don't kill very many buffalo. I mean, they're they're big critters and they're hard to deal with. And, uh, you know, there's just, there's not as many out in West Texas as there used to be. And, uh, you know, so you can't just go shooting these big bulls left and right when you don't have a tremendous herd. Um, but... You know, I've killed some real nice buffalo, and I'll, you know, I'll do one a year or something like that. And it's, you know, once again, pretty much everything I do out in West Texas is free range, and the buffalo are as well. It's, it's. Uh, I enjoy hunting them because it's something different. Um, the real challenge in hunting buffalo, other than once they hit the ground, dealing with them, the real challenge with hunting buffalo is just finding them. Once you find them you know, a 1800 or 2000-ish pound animal is not not really scared of anything. So it's not like they're going to run from you or anything like that. Um, it's, you basically find the one you want to shoot and you shoot it. But, um, you know, sometimes it's a little more difficult than others to find them. And, and uh, you know, you got to make a good shot because otherwise those suckers will, run off on you and 
get down in a place that are real that's real difficult to get to and and uh you know it's just they're big animals i mean anytime you're shooting an animal that's crowded to two thousand pounds or over two thousand pounds you know you you, you got to know what you're doing. You got to sure. make a good shot, and if they get mad enough, they can come after you. I I haven't had it happen on any of my hunts, but you're not going to outrun them, and there's no trees out there to climb up. So, you know, it's you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. You want to make sure they're not sad about that, right? Exactly. It's, well, you had a uh, you know. The other thing that a lot of people don't realize is out in West Texas is free range hell. And, you know, once again, they're not recognized by Boone and Crockett because Boone and Crockett thinks that the Indians were incorrect and, and so does Parks and Wildlife. But the beauty of that is that you can buy an over the counter license for non residents. It's $48. And, uh, you can come hunt elk and, I mean, you could buy a license today online and be hunting elk. As soon as you purchase the license, as soon as it's um, printed out. Yeah, I mean, I think there's an authorization to hunt or something like that on their website, uh, and then once you get that, you're good to go. So, um, but yeah, I you know once again, I don't do too many elk just because they're they're big critters and they're you know hard to deal with and stuff like that. But we killed a real nice bull this year back in. At the end of September, I believe, early October, uh, seven by five. Um, so he was a he was a real nice elk. Oh, fantastic! Now you've got a video that I kind of gave me a chuckle to watch. You have a blue lacy, which is a breed of dog that I just absolutely love. And I put to watch a video where you guys shot an elk, or not an elk, I'm sorry, but an outed. And. Uh, that dog chased that thing down for the longest time as you guys went after it. And yeah, it was, uh, you know, my, my dog, my Lacey at the time, uh, his name was Brutus and he was, he was kind of a, kind of a rock star in the, in the Lacey world. And he had found, uh, he had found over, uh, uh, he had found over, 200 deer in in five years or 200 animals in five years and and uh you know we went out the the landowner wanted to not that you for jerky or sausage i can't remember and and uh we rolled up on a group of four of them and they happened to be down in the bottom and i i personally shot the you and i shot her through the right shoulder and it came out I guess the angle she was standing, it came out just in front of the left leg or or broke the left leg. I'd have to go back and watch the video to know 100%. But um, just kind of give you an idea how tough those Audad are. I mean, it, she ran oh, she ran easy two miles with, with Brutus. With Brutus chasing her, he baited her several times, but I just couldn't get up on her and finally finally got in front of them and uh we had to use a dune buggy to to get in front of them and and uh yeah it was it was a <laughs> they're tough critters i mean if you can run like that with one broken leg and and a hole through her chest uh and one long shot then you know kind of gives you a rough idea how tough these all that are and and uh you know he he jumped her 
fairly quickly from the buggy. When I turned him out, he probably jumped her uh, a couple of hundred yards from the buggy, and and uh, so. And the chase was on. Yeah, it, uh, the chase was on after that. You know, typically you you're using dogs to find to find deer or deer animals, deer type animals. But uh, I just happened to have him with me uh, in the ranch buggy, and uh, you know, without him, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have even got her. I mean, you know, she was she was headed for the mountains and probably would have died, but you just never know. I mean, we shot the last dog dad we shot had about ten inches of his horn broken off, and that included the core and. You know, on horned animals, there's blood that goes up in that core, and I don't know how he lived. I got no idea, but yeah, he was know. probably a little grumpy at times. That was I. A, I would think. I would think. I, I saw that picture, yeah. and that was just a massive outhead. Um, yeah, he was big. He was. I I figured he was probably twelve and a half or thirteen and a half years old, something like that. It's hard to tell on those on those sheep until uh, until you get them cleaned up good and can actually see the growth lines. But he was somewhere in that eleven and a half to thirteen and a half for sure. Yeah, just a so, big old ram. And yeah, yeah. Do a lot of a uh, lot of whitetail or mule deer or, or both hunting down here. Uh, you know, I've actually got both. Uh, I picked up a new ranch this year that's uh, 140,000 acres up around Van Horn, and uh, they, on that ranch, I'm I'm very fortunate because the landowner is is uh, mule deer crazy, and uh, you know I would put those mule deer up against anybody in the anybody in the country for desert mule deer. I mean. We're we're selling we're selling mule deer hunts for 200 inch desert mule deer and wow. and we've got them and I've got game camera pictures of them to to show any prospective client. I mean it's it's uh, you know it's it's not something that all of a sudden where this ranch come from. I mean they've been managing it for 18 or 25 years, something like that, and uh, got a lot of water and protein and. And you know, 140,000 acres. That's low fence. Uh, that's a big got, place. That's a big, big mule deer, and it's got some nice audad as well. And and uh, you know, we killed a 236 off of it last year. So, um, you know, that's a big mule deer in anybody's book. Oh, of so. course. And now, what's what's the way you hunt the mule deer out there? How? Yeah, is it? Is it a lot of hiking, oh, or do you guys drive around? Or no, what? we typically this ranch uh, we hunt a lot like like you would think of people doing down in Mexico, where you're driving around in a high rack. Got it. Okay. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of roads on this ranch, and uh, and and the roads are. I mean, when I say the landowner is mule deer crazy, I mean he's mule deer crazy. And the the roads are set up so that you typically don't have to shoot any more than about 300 yards. Okay. And and you can cover most of the country just from a vehicle. Now, we do occasionally have to get out of the vehicle and go from there. But for the most part, 
uh, we're hunting out of a vehicle. And and as he's gotten older, um, you know, they want to set it up to where you can where you can hunt easier. Uh, you still have to get out and put your time in, but you know, none of us are getting any younger. And and if you like to keep hunting, you and you have the money, you set your ranch up to where you can keep hunting pretty much indefinitely. And that's what he's done. And and we we've got some, I mean, just phenomenal mule deer on this ranch. And no. so I'm I feel very very blessed to get the opportunity to take people on mule deer hunts out there. Sure. Now, with that, in that particular ranch, the way it's set up, you could accommodate folks that have some disabilities or some limitations, could you not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not a problem. Um, I mean, the the hunts are four days, and and uh, we have management hunts as well as trophy hunts, and it's all-inclusive except your alcohol. And, uh, you know, we've got a chef cooking all the meals and I mean, it's it's done right, and you know, if you've got some limitations and can't really walk and things like that, or, or can't walk real far, uh, we've got. I mean, we're the ranch to go to because it's uh, it's set up very well for for hunting out of a high rack. I mean, it's well, that's awesome. You know, and and older people can hunt. You know, younger people that can't, you know, that can't quite walk as far. Uh, I mean, it's it's set up for it. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a nice place for sure. Well, very neat. Now, the other thing that you do, which is uh, again not your normal hill country hunting that a lot of people might think about down in Texas, but you also go out of state, literally, actually out of country up to uh, up to Canada to do black bear hunts. Do you not? Right, uh, a couple of years ago. Well, I've, I've got a friend of mine that has. Uh, uh, half a million acre uh, bear management area up in northern Ontario, and uh, he's been trying to get me to come up there for years and years. And so, in 2015, I went up there at, at the end of August, beginning of September, and was fortunate enough to to harvest a, a real nice black bear. Uh, we didn't have a scale that was big enough, but I know he was over 300 pounds, and I think he was probably crowding 350. Uh, um, and ever since then, I've been booking hunts and and either sending people to him or or taking a group. Uh, had four hunters this year. Uh, a couple of them had family issues come up, but uh, we still got still got three really nice uh, really nice bears and and. One guy couldn't make it. I mean, his, I think his father had a stroke or something like that. So he didn't get to go. But, you know, we've got over 150 active baits and, uh, you know, we've got a 96% plus shot opportunity. And most of those are bow hunters. We do have some rifle hunters, but most of those are bow hunters. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a really neat deal. I mean, if you've never been to that part of the world and uh, never shot a bear, it's uh, it's a unique experience to go check out northern Ontario and and uh, see that country and and check out some bears because he he does a really good job and takes care of people and it's 
you know, by August, most everybody here in Texas is tired of the Texas heat. So it's a, it's a good way to get into some cooler weather and kick your, kick your hunting season off a little bit earlier. Cause uh, with the exception of exotics, which is kind of winding down in August, um, there's not many other seasons that are open that time of year. So it's, it's a, it's a neat way to get into some cooler weather and, and see some different country and, and, uh, you know, get you a real nice bear. So, um, it's, it's a, it's a neat experience. Uh, you know, if you've never done it, you ought to, you ought to take the time and go up there for sure. So now if somebody wants to come down and hunt with you and they've booked a, a hunt, depending on where the hunt's at, what do they have you do? Like if they're coming in from out of state and they're flying, they get met at the San Antonio airport and shuttle to it. Or do you tell them, you know, get a rental and get them the location or how, how's, how do you work with your hunts that are going to be say a turkey um, or whatever? You know, most of the time I don't pick up my hunters um, legally in the state of Texas. If you're if you are picking up hunters and taking them to a paid hunt, you have to have a taxi license. Oh, okay. And you have to be insured as such. Um, most people don't realize that, and anybody. I would say ninety nine percent of the people that are picking people that are picking hunters up at the airport don't realize that. Um, and they're technically doing it illegally. But if you're picking up a paid client to go hunting, you have to have a taxi license. Um, I am not a taxi, do not want to be a taxi. Uh, the other thing is, is I'm typically not close to the San Antonio airport. I can arrange to have people picked up, but most everybody just rents a car right there at the airport, and and then I'll either meet them out in the hill country or south Texas, depending on where we're going, uh, or or west Texas. My my hunters out in west Texas fly into either El Paso or Midland, Odessa, and rent a car and, and go from there. Um, but yeah, I. I mean, I can I can set up everything that anybody wants. It's just I don't really want to open myself up to the liability of picking someone up and having an accident, and they're like you're shuttling paying hunters, but you don't have a taxi license. No, so, I can certainly understand that, and that's a a rule I wasn't aware of. So you've got yeah, to- and most people most people aren't. It's it's uh, you know it's it's something that. And most people have no clue when they pick people up all the time. It's, you, you know, I wish Texas would do things a little bit different because unfortunately in Texas, anybody can be an outfitter at any given time. There's no licensing. There's no bonding. There's not even insurance required by most, by most outfitters. Uh, or, or there's not insurance required by the state of Texas to become an outfitter. Um, I think you're crazy to operate in this business without insurance, but most of the people that are operating don't have insurance. And, and that's, that's something that, you know, what, what gets me is that, you know, it's people's vacation and, 
and their money and they can spend it however they choose. But when people are looking at hunts and, and it happens all the time on exotic hunts, you know, I'll lose an exotic hunt for 250 or 300 bucks or, you know, whatever. And, and one that they don't realize that if you're going on an access hunt and somebody's selling an access for 1500 and I'm selling them for three grand or whatever, 2500 then yeah they're both axis deer then they're both red with white spots but it's apples and oranges after that i mean they don't uh the size of the deer both body size and antler size uh you know and 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 then how long has the person been around are you going to be hunting with just somebody on the ranch or is it you know is it a guide that the ranch hired or is it is it the owner operator of the company or is it just just somebody the ranch has and and you know unfortunately you get what you pay for and and in this business it's true it's it's uh, you know rarely if ever do you find somebody that's got a a true 170 inch axis deer for 2 grand um and and does the outfitter have insurance and and if not you know, what happens if you're in an accident? I mean, it's, you know, those kind of things, it would be better if, if I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fan of more government and more regulations, but in this business, I think some regulation would be beneficial for everybody because, you know, I, I've got a million dollar umbrella that I issue insurance certificates to all my ranches. Um, and and most of the outfitters that are in this business don't even have insurance. So it's uh you know, it's kinda in everyone's best interest to to really ask those questions and and, and look at things and you know, how are they running their operation, how long have they been in business and and it's you know, I love Texas and I love hunting here, but not everything is exactly how it's portrayed and and most people don't realize about the taxi license most people don't realize about the insurance or the bonding or anything like that i mean you jason could be or anybody for that matter could be an outfitter in the state of texas by the end of business today i mean it's it's that simple so there's a lot of regulations that most people don't realize and once again, not saying I'm better than anybody else, but, you know, it, it kind of behooves everyone to be educated about what they're buying and what they're walking into. And, oh. uh, it, you know, you you get what you pay for, pretty much. Well, you know, as an outfitter, you've heard, and, and we've all heard the horror stories where you show up and and there's a big difference between having a chef cook your meal and... You know, you've been out busting through the brush looking for a good axis or looking for a good whitetail. You come home and you're hungry versus some guy handing you, you know, a burger that he picked up at the local bar. And Yeah, exactly. You know, that's exactly what happens. So when you find a good outfitter, you want to take good care of them because they're going to take good care of you. And, and it's a from a, somebody that's not an outfitter, you know, but as a hunter, when you find that good one, that's the the person you go back to over and over because they take good care of you and 
as you said, you're you're building a name in the Audad for you, but they can contact you pretty much if it moves here in the state of Texas, you've got an opportunity to hunt it in some form or fashion for a person, do you not? Right. Yeah. I'm I'm once again different in that I operate on a lot of different ranches. Some ranches I have exclusive rights to. Uh and and other ranches that have whitetail and stuff like that, I just have agreements with them. And, uh, but, you know, at any given time, I've got, I'm going to say 40 or 50 different species of exotics. Uh, I got hog hunts, javelina hunts, turkey hunts, whitetail hunts. Uh, you know, when I'm fortunate enough to get a desert bighorn tag, either, either here or in Mexico, uh, you know, I have those hunts available, law dad, free range elk, free range buffalo or bison. Um, you know, anything you want in the state of Texas, I've got. And I can accommodate individuals or families or corporate groups and, and, uh, you know, can do anything from basically where I'm it. I'm the guy to cook everything or all the way to five-star accommodations and chef and all of your meals prepared for you and someone someone waiting on you hand and foot. It uh, just depends on what the client's looking for and, and the size of the size of the group. You know, most of my hunts are, are individuals or groups of two or three, but I have taken bigger groups and, and I've always, you know, I mean, I've got ranches that are big enough to accommodate 10 or 12 people at a time hunting. And, uh, you know, we've, we've got the staff on those ranches to accommodate them. And, and, but at the same time, I can accommodate a single hunter that's, that's, you know, just wants to go hunt. And, and with my operation, when you book with me, it's like you've got exclusive well, it's not like you have exclusive rights. You do have exclusive rights to the ranch for the duration of your hunt. Um, so even if you're just an individual and you come on Max's hunt or whitetail hunt or Audad hunt or whatever, you know, it's basically your ranch for the duration of the hunt. Um, I'm not going to stick you in camp with one or two or ten other people you don't know. It's you're it. And if you're it, it'll probably just be you and I on the ranch. It will only be you and I on the hunt. Um, you know, and we just go hunt and work it out from there. Uh, I do, you know, like I said at the beginning, I do all the cooking myself unless, unless someone wants otherwise. And then I can accommodate that. So it's, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I guess eventually one day I'm going to have to get to where I have to where I have a staff. But as anybody knows that has owned their own business or run their own business or, or run a business period, when you start getting staff and you start getting more people and stuff like that, you start dealing with more headaches and you start dealing with people that aren't doing things the way that you want them done. And, and you know, I, for me, what I find from my hunters is that the reason they're booking a hunt with me is not because I'm the cheapest or anything like that, but they're booking a hunt with me 
because because they want to hunt with me. Um, and if I turn them over to a guide or turn them over to somebody that doesn't do it the way that I want it done, chances are they're not going to be happy and I'm going to run into more issues. And I dealt with that enough in construction that I don't really care to deal with it anymore. So at least for the foreseeable future, I'm still going to be running the way that I am right now with, with just myself taking care of everything. Well, that's a good way to do it. Keeps control. And I'll tell everybody listening, you can, you can find out more about Wes's uh, options, what he can provide you. His website is huntdoublediamond.com. I'm going to have a link to it in the show notes as well as a link to some of the videos he's got posted out on YouTube. And you can find him also on Facebook at Wes, which is spelled W-E-S, and his last name is Mundy, M-U-N-D-Y. And the, the testimonials he's got out there on his website, it doesn't lie. The, the pictures he puts out, you know, this is one of these guys that's, as an outfitter is really producing for the client. So, you know, if you're coming down and you're spending your hard-earned money, you know, don't, don't, we all want to watch our dollars, but don't be penny-wise and pound-foolish and come down and hunt with somebody that you don't know and that doesn't have a good reputation. Check out Wes. Look at the animals that the people take. Uh, it, it's all top-notch stuff. And so I've just been impressed. I'm looking forward to, I, I got to get out with you and do something. I don't know if it's going to be a turkey or, uh, you know, a, a mule deer is on my bucket list. And so it's going to have to be something. Well, come on, anytime. You're always welcome. Uh, you know, anybody's always welcome. Uh, you know, you can, I tag myself in most of the pictures that I put on Facebook, but you can also find me on Facebook at Double Diamond Outfitters. I believe there's two of us. There, I think there's another one in Wyoming, maybe Montana. But um, all of my pictures, I, I try and keep my Facebook page updated almost daily and uh you know anybody's welcome anytime uh, they got any questions they can send me an email or shoot me a text all of my contact infos on my facebook page as well as my website and uh you know happy to visit with anyone anytime they want and happy to help any way i can and you're heading out for whitetail tomorrow uh actually i've got some guys coming in for exotics um Oh, all right. I do have I do have some good white tail, but uh, like I briefly mentioned earlier, uh, the the white tail market's gotten extremely diluted with all the pin deer in Texas. And uh, once again, not not saying one way good or bad. It's just you know when when people are kicking out three year old deer that have an ear tag that are two hundred inches, and they're selling them for seven grand. It's hard for me to sell a, a true whitetail, you know, native whitetail that's six or seven years old that's only 160, I say only. I mean, a native deer that's 160 inches is a big deer, but they look at money and, you know, it's going to cost them close to the same amount of money to kill that 200-inch deer as it is to kill a 160-inch native deer. And so that's that's kind of why the whitetail market's been diluted. And and I don't think it's just Texas. I think it's all over the country. But uh, these guys are coming to hunt fallow. I've got some really, really big fallow. Um, and uh, they've been showing up on game cameras. And, 
it'd be nice for it to be a little bit cooler, but I, you know, I like wearing short sleeves in December and January, so I'm not going to complain too much. But and that's the truth. Yeah, we're yeah we're uh, we're headed out for fallow shoot an axis. You know, the summer's really the best time to shoot an axis, but I've got hard antlered axis year round. They may want to hunt an axis or uh, or a black buck, and we've also got whitetail and mouflon on this ranch. But yeah, I think we're mainly going after fallow, from what I understand. So. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we we killed some big fallow back in September, right as they came out of velvet. But uh, now that you know the acorns have dropped and and you know the the fallow ruts typically in kind of Octoberish, uh, we're going to be right on the tail end of it. So uh, some more bigger fallow have been showing up, and so that's what we're going to be targeting mainly. Well, fantastic. So, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, good luck on that. And uh, I appreciate your time being on here. I'll, I'll have the show notes. will have all your contact information so that anybody can get in touch with you. I wish you good luck on that hunts and uh, a strong finish to the rest of your season as you go forward. And I look forward to talking to you again. And let's, let's touch base in another few months and see how the season's wrapping up for you. Yeah, sounds good. Definitely. All right. You happy take to, care. Happy to help any way I can, and uh, I appreciate you giving me a call. No, it's been a pleasure, and uh look forward to talking to you again and seeing the pictures, because I've seen the pictures of the fellow at the theater, so let's see him actually on the ground now. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. Fantastic. Yes, well, you have a great All right. evening. It was my pleasure. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate the call. Take care. All right. Adios. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. I ask that you head on over to the uh, webpage I have set up at www.oawjs.com. Sign up for the newsletter and uh, check back often as I'm getting ready to launch my Patreon page. And I would hope that you uh, feel that the content from these shows is worthwhile and jump out and help to keep the show going and, and sponsor the show and let me know what you think. Uh, also, I would ask that you head over to iTunes and please leave a review of the show. Uh, those reviews help other listeners to find the show, and the more listeners, the better we do. So, good hunting, and uh, I hope you enjoy this outro music, that, this music that takes us out of the show. This is from Steve Conover. He is a hunter uh, and writes all this music, performs it all, and was gracious enough to let me use it. You can find a link to Steve's website on my uh, on my website. So go over and check it out and uh, let me know what you think. Have a great day and uh, we'll talk to you later. spring it's getting green fisher on the bed hear those turkeys gobble it's ringing in my head the winter rise bass boat here comes another year yeah we command the outdoors around here oh we command the outdoors Yeah, we 
Come summertime, we're feeling fine, fishing on the lake. Flipping jigs and Carolina rigs. From early morning till real late. Bonfires on the creek bank, kick back a couple beers. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Next year's does until you know winter's on the way. Brushing blinds and deer stands. The fever starts to creep. Fill our freezers full of ducks, lots of tender deer. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we. So grab your guns, shells, boys. Put on your camouflage. Cause we command the outdoors around here. We command the outdoors.